This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And your time. Put all my hands together. Yeah, ha, yeah, ha. This is what I'm talking about, y'all. It's hip hop. 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 The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming. The words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better. And ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. Um, I'm John Connor, the people's rapper, aftermath artist from Flint, Michigan. Yo, what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo, my man A Plus, and my man Oh, you know he's dope. Yeah. And right now, you know, we just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California, and um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we gonna up you on how we just chill. Dollar seven digits, call up Bridget, her man's a midget. Plus, he got friends, yo, I can dig it. Here's a 40 swigging, you know it's frigid. I got him chilling in the cooler, break out the ruler. Um, I picked 93 to infinity because I just think the feel of that song is timeless. You know, I think a hundred years from now, people will still get the same feeling from 93 to infinity that we got when it first came out. Just for me personally, it takes me back to my childhood. It takes me back to the golden years of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Just when it was, it was more so about the craft. It was more so about the feeling, you know, than anything else, than the money. It was like doing it for the love. And, you know, it just takes me back to a summer day in Flint, Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what 93 to infinity takes me back to. It takes me back to me being eight or nine years old or however old I was, just having that feeling of a, a water gun fight or playing flag football up at the park, up at Bassett Park by my uh, house in Flint, you know, where I grew up at. So as soon as those first chords come on, you know what I'm saying? It's just an undescribable feeling. Like, if you don't feel something when 93 to infinity come on, you just ain't human, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just such a potent feeling. You know, I'm gonna love that song for forever, man. I actually watched the video yesterday. And it, it's like a, a lot of times you'll see things when you're younger, but it'll take for you to watch it as an adult to appreciate it. So, you know, I just watched the 93 to Infinity video yesterday and it was like, yo, this is this is pretty dope. It's, it's exactly what I would have wanted that video to look like. When I was eight, nine, or however old I was, I felt like anybody that was over 12 was super old. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like everybody was super old to me. So they was like ancient to me back then. But just now, like right now that I'm older, I look back like, wow. Like, you know, they was really young making just phenomenal music. And just to be so young and have such a timeless classic is a, a tribute to how great of artists they were or are. This is how we chill from 
I feel like back in the early 90s, or like I call it, you know, like we say, the, the golden years of hip hop, like it was so many different cadences, so many different styles. Like, I think that, you know, this generation should really go back and really study those years of hip hop because it's so many different styles and everybody was an individual. You know what I'm saying? It was like, there were so many dope MCs, but they were all dope in a different way. I think that sometimes today, we consider people dope if this guy sounds like this guy. Back then it was, you know, everybody had their own distinct style of what good was. And, and it was so many just different subject matters and so many different styles and so many different production styles. And that song is a, is a, just a good example of that. Because even within the song, the different MCs on the track flip the flow so many different ways. So I just think that's sometimes missing the day. And I, I do think that that's one of the things that I love about it is that it does represent how many different styles and flavors, like and how many cadences you could come with all within one track. Growing up in Flint, you know, it was an experience, man. Like, man, like I, sheesh, like, you know, growing up in Flint was, was crazy. I appreciate all the hardships I went through growing up in Flint because it, you know, like they say, suffering builds character, struggle builds character. If I wouldn't have went through a lot of the things I went through in Flint, I probably wouldn't be doing this interview. I wouldn't be talking to y'all right now. Growing up in Flint, it was, uh, you know, double-sided coin in that. You know, you did go to sleep hearing gunshots at almost, well, every night. The big homies did, you know, hustle. It was your typical hood. You had to make do with what you had. But I think that that shows the character of people in Flint that we, we found a way to laugh. We found a way to have good times. I have great memories of growing up in Flint. Sound hard, sound funky, people gon' dance to Give the record a second and a chance to Hitting people like a scene of amazement While they slipping back, my feet just planted in the pavement I have a big sister. My pops moved away when I was probably 10 or 11. So for the most part, it was me, my mother, and my sister. And that was a unique dynamic is because we are all three completely different personalities. My sister was actually the main reason that hip hop was in my house. Hip hop wasn't my favorite genre of music for like the first nine, 10 years of my life. I was listening to like uh, alternative rock. I was listening to soul. I was listening to techno. I was damn near listening to everything except hip-hop from the time I was like one to ten but then it was like my sister really was the driving force she was the reason like Tupac was in the house she was the reason that uh I'm just throw names out there positive K uh it was a Detroit female rapper named Boss who I really feel like was ahead of her time Biggie Craig Mack like my sister was the reason hip-hop was in my house the reason I started learning raps and the reason I started writing raps was because I wanted to be a cool little brother to my sister like you know what i'm saying i wanted the next time she put on a tupac song if i knew the word she was gonna be like okay you ain't so you ain't so bad you know what i'm saying but i was trying to impress her then my love for hip-hop came i started studying more i started just listening to everything i started listening to stuff that she wasn't listening to i became a student of the game i became a, a just a real child of hip-hop after that Quit. 
I'm the B, the R to the double E-T And down with my homie G-A-S-N-O-E And suckers cause I'm static cause they still be disagreeing I don't give a cause I'm from F-L-I-N-T In a city where pity runs slow If you ever shoot through my city, now you know Cause we a strictly business and we also got a pride And if you don't like it, I suggest you break wide Suckers study looking for the ammo I think when I turned like 14, 15, I met a cat by the name Mark Steele. He was a hip hop artist uh, around Flint. He was the one who actually sat me down and taught me like, yo, this is where your verse should end at. This is what a hook is. This is what bars are. And you know, that's how that kind of came into being. But I just used to write. I just used to uh, write until I was blue in the face. And that all came from, uh, when I was, like I said, 11, 12 years old, I was riding a school bus. And it was these two cats, they used to try to battle me every day. And I was so shy and so nervous. I used to every day just be like, yo, I can't rap. I don't know why y'all doing this. And one of my homeboys, a cat by the name of Jason Monk, he was like, yo, you can do it. I know you can do it. And so I spent the whole night, one night, like coming up with two bars. That's all I had. I had two bars. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna spit these two bars and it's gonna be crazy. So the next day I get on the bus, they try to battle me as normal, you know, like clockwork. I spit those two bars, the bus went crazy and the rest was history. That reaction from the bus was like, yo, this is what I want to do. If I can make people react, you know, with my words or just how I said that, yo, this is what I got to do for the rest of my life. That moment on the school bus was, it was on after that. You got my back and I got yours. What time is it? <laughs> Tear down the door. Mm -hmm. Flint to me consistently is an underdog story. You have uh, Clarissa Shields who won the gold medal in boxing. You have Andre and Anthony Durrell who became successful boxers and won championships and they're still doing their thing. You have Mateen Cleese and Charlie Bell and uh, Flint is an example of there are no excuses. No matter where you're from, no matter what you want to do, there are no excuses. You can be born in the murder capital in a poverty-stricken city and you could win a gold medal. You got Andre Durrell who won a bronze medal in the Olympics. You got me who signed to Dr. Dre, the greatest producer of all time. You got Andre rising you got terry cruz like you know what i'm saying who went on to have an amazing career and still is having an amazing career there's so many people that became successful from flint on the low that people don't even know all of these things when i see all of these people become successful it's like for me those are my great memories of flint that's what makes flint the greatest place in the world is because it puts a grind in you it puts a drive in you you know what i'm saying it puts that will to win in you that is going to force you to go after and get whatever it is that you put your mind to. Yo, y'all about to check out Keith Murray and this is the most beautifulest thing in this world. It's just like that. I get in ya. Y'all mythological niggas is comical. The astronomical is coming through like the flu bomb. And embalming in your crew too. With the musical, mystical, magical, you know how I do. Promote attack skills and vocabulary too. I've been hitting the disposition, it's all brand new. You're through. I'm at the planetary like Doctor Who. So who? I think that the theme of all three of these songs is that they all take me back to the same place in life. That 94, 95 era, me and my sister riding to the mall 
and her playing this over and over. So one more time, I don't even know if it's like I can point out like, well, lyrically this or that. All I know it's the feeling. It's the perfect marriage of when the right artist is on the right beat. That's what this joint means to me. It's a feel. Like I miss the feeling. Today, so much music sounds exactly the same. So I just miss that feeling. When you put it on, it takes you to a place. Spurring the moment, opponents and suspects. Caught up in the reciprocation, rain and attack. Leaks, I speak my concept, freak. The itch me, sun sheet, funk figures of speech. Now that shit is in the open, I'm open, poking, scoping. Waiting for the next nigga to get open on. And break them down like an organic compound. That's the way in the world as the earth goes round. Now, how the fuck you sound? I represent my clique like a four pound. You better pack your leather dope for medication from the shaking meditation from the earth and quaking shit that we be making. It was cooler back then to create your own lane. I think that it was cooler back then to say, I don't sound like this person. You took pride in the fact that you created your own niche. I think that it may be, you know, 25% nostalgia for my childhood and 75% of, I just think that everything today sounds the same. I know, I know what a record is gonna sound like today, two seconds into the record. And it's like nine times out of 10, it's gonna sound like the last five records I heard back then. Like take 93 to infinity and most beautiful thing in the world. They both have a feel, but very distinctly different. But if I put them on a playlist next to each other, it's like they're so different, but they maintain the same vibe. Today, everybody's trying to maintain the same vibe by literally sounding like the last song that was just on the radio. I channel my anger from the double-edged banger and turn it to the microphone stringer. So stop trying to see where your eyes can follow. Say goodnight to the world. To the mall, you raving cuss, so it's the much you get bust. But not to the fuck with toys ain't us. For eternity through infinity, I eternally get in here. The most beautiful thing in this world is just like that. What I got out of like Keith Murray and Souls of Mischief and later on we gonna listen to the far side is just to be myself. Whether people love me or hate me, I'd rather distinctly sound different than everybody else so that if John Connor is what you want to hear, you can only go to John Connor to get that. Like, I think that the people that stand out today, like Drake, like Drake does what Drake does, and that's why people love it. Kendrick Lamar does what Kendrick Lamar does, and that's why people love him. J. Cole does what he does. That formula of just being yourself and being an individual has not died. And so with, like, Soldiers of Mischief and Farside and Keith Murray, you know, those are just three examples of how that was commonplace in the 90s. That's what the biggest influence that those songs, those records, and those artists had on me was just to be yourself. I can't stand it, no, yeah. Yeah, I can't stand it. Yeah. Uh, now we're the South Side. Uh. I always felt like repetition equals emotion. 
Like, let's say you have somebody pass away, right? Like somebody dies. And I don't know if this happens to y'all, but I notice it happens to me when somebody keeps repeatedly telling me it's gonna be okay or don't cry, it makes me cry more. So I think about like production like that. If there, if you find the emotion in a loop and you keep doing it over and over and over, it's going to evoke emotion out of you. It is going to bring an emotion out of you. Now it's all on the artist to dictate where the direction of the record goes. But if you find the right loop, it reminds me of somebody says, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. It's it's gonna be okay. The right loop will make you feel whatever way that is stronger because you'll never get tired of hearing it. Kanye West on uh, graduation, the glory. I can't stand it, no. Yeah, yeah, I can't stand it, no. Yeah, yeah, it's that over and over and over. And he added things on the top of it, but it was the fact that that kept happening. And that emotion of I can't stand it, no, happened over and over. It was just like, yo, that's I went to Powers Catholic High School in Flint, Michigan. And shout out to my elementary school, St. John Vianney. I had a very unique upbringing in that I went to a private school and then came home to the north side of Flint. So it was like I had the best and the worst of both worlds. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was probably, you know, in my class, one of four black kids sometimes growing up. And then when I got off the school bus, I got clowned for going to a private school and I was around hood shit. The bus is going actually like in the nicer parts of Flint to go pick up the other kids that go to my school. So I'm literally seeing the kids that stay in these nice houses and all of that. And then I go home to the hood. It was cool though, because it allowed me to understand people on a whole nother level. It allowed me to expand my mind, like to not just be boxed into just a hood way of thinking. Or when I went to school, I wasn't just in like this suburban way of thinking. That's why I call myself the people's rapper. I love all people and I feel like I can communicate with all people because I grew up like that. Because I had, you know, those two different sides growing up and it's something that I appreciate about the way I grew up. You know, it's some people that are just so stuck in a certain way of thinking that they're only able to progress within that certain environment. I really just appreciate the way that I grew up. I thank my mother for that. When I used to go home, I had a nickname. My nickname was Deucey because I was named after my dad, so they called me Deuce in the hood. And I remember, <laughs> like, somebody, another kid from my neighborhood started going to my school, and he tried to call me Deuce at school, and it got weird. All the other kids were like, who's that? What are you, why are you calling Jan Deuce? Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like, this is what I knew, like, whoa. Like, this, these are two totally different worlds, you know? It really taught me how to be a communicator because I grew up hearing the communication of people in the hood. I grew up hearing how people, you know, in the burbs communicate. So it's like I have so many different ways to just manipulate words and to communicate and get my point across that I think that was, that's probably one of the things that makes me who I am. I loved each environment for what it was because I'm equally both. I have best friends that I grew up with in the neighborhood and I got best 
best friends that I still talk to to this day that I went to school with. So it's like all of that makes up John Connor. All I try to do is try to get up out the dirt. Guess he's trying to do the same. Told me get up out his turf. I wanted to talk to him, but that shit had never worked. We was cut from the same cloth, and what was under his shirt was his mama's rent, his young brother's clothes, my nephew's food, and with that I squoze. With that I froze. Now my life is frozen in time behind these iron poles. <laughs> like you know god bless my teachers they never for the most part they never made me feel any different you know it would be like little comments like it'll be let's not go too deep into the north side like if we was on a field trip like or in class if it was like little side talk it'll be like things that let me know that wow like i live in a messed up part because the way that they view the north side is like each north side like you know what i mean like like oh Jan, where do you stay at i stay by civic park oh okay like it was that it was like that's when I really started understanding like, yo, I live in the hood because it was like my white friends was like anytime that it was like, Jan, where do you stay at? Or, and, and I noticed it that I never was comfortable having like sleepovers at my house and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I always wanted to go sleep over their house. Like they nervous to come and spend the night at my house. Like it's all good when we at school and, and you know what I'm saying? We on equal playing fields, but when it comes to outside of school, it's like, their parents are like, no, you're not going over Yon House to spend the night. And and that's when I really started realizing that there was a difference. But like teachers and, um, you know, students, they was real cool about it. But it was those moments that I did realize like, wow, I do stay, you know, in the hood. Man. Okay, y'all about to check out the far side, and this is running one of my favorite joints. Once again, rest in peace to Dilla. That beat is timeless. You know, the way it was put together, the vibe of the joint, the drums. There's a reason why people that are considered greats are considered greats. And I think the running beat is a great example of that for Dilla. When I do shows, you know, to say rest in peace to Dilla, I play running. So it reminds me of like 03, like early Kanye drums. You know what I'm saying? They were way ahead of their time. I think that we are still to this day biting Dilla drums, man. Straight up. Down the hall, kicking it in the back of the school, eating chicken at three. Wondering why is everybody always picking on me? I tried to talk and tell him, chill, I did nothing to deserve this. But when it didn't work, I wasn't scared, just real nervous and unprepared. To deal with scrapping, no doubt. My baby never told me how to knock a nigga out. But now in 95, I was surviving as a man on my own. Fuck around with fat lip, yes, she get blown. I'm not trying to show no macho is shown. But when it's on, when it's on, then it's on. Well, I love the content of this record. I love the fact that, uh, you know, you got Fat Lip who starts off talking about how in school he used to get bullied because his dad wasn't there to teach him how to fight, you know, and just how the older he got, he had to teach himself how to become a man. He used to run away from bullies, but now he's not, you know, now he, he became a stronger person and he's not running anymore. There comes a time in every man's life when he's gotta handle shit up on his own. Can't depend on friends to help you in a squeeze, please. They got problems. 
But in the same song, you know, you have the, another verse. I love, you know, there comes a time in every man's life when he's got to handle shit up on his own. Can't depend on friends to help you in a squeeze, please. They got problems of their own. And that is so true. Like, I've found those words to be so true. It's like, as much as people love you and as much as you have friends, at the end of the day, you're going to have to do for yourself at some point. There's going to be a time where nobody's going to answer the phone and whatever you, you're going through, you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to find that in yourself. You got to stop running from your problem. love the verse where it talks about uh could it be that I'm a celebrity that's on the brink of insanity? Like, I know about that. I know about being a signed artist and nobody understands the issues that you're going through because everybody's looking at you like, well, you signed now, you good. Like, you don't have problems anymore. Uh, my little sister Robin told me the other day, because <laughs> Compton just went gold. She was like, you got a gold plaque, now you got gold plaque problems. The problems don't go away. It's, you know, your issues and your dilemmas graduate with each level of success that you get to. So I'm sure when I get a platinum plaque, I'll have platinum plaque problems, so. But I can't keep running, I just gotta keep keen and cunning. Can't keep running away. I love this song because it talks about running away from things as an adolescent, it talks about running away from things just as a human, and it talks about running away from things as an artist. On all three levels, I relate to this song so much. I love when hip hop is vulnerable. I love the fact that he was talking about how he used to get beat up, or you know what I'm saying? Talking about like, yo, my pops never was there to show me how to knock somebody out. Like, so as a result of that, I got picked on. It's not that often in hip hop that you hear like artists be that vulnerable and say, yo, I wasn't a cool dude, I, you know, in school. I was getting picked on. This is the perspective of the nerd that got picked on. So it's, it's, I love when hip hop has vulnerable moments and, and running is one of those records. I watched movies and in the movies, when you graduate from high school, you're supposed to move away from home. You're supposed to move far, far away from home. You're supposed to kiss your mama goodbye and get on a plane or a bus or they supposed to drop you off. So I always knew that when I graduated from high school that I was gonna move away. I moved to Orlando and I went to Full Sail or Recording Art School. I didn't necessarily want to be uh, engineer. I just knew that I wanted to go to school for something that had something to do with the music industry. You know, that was the only thing that I knew how to do. You know, that the only option that I felt that I had. It wasn't that many people back in 04 
oh three doing music doing hip-hop it was like me and a couple other cats that was really serious about music and flint i didn't feel like it was anything around me that was pushing me to want to do better and when i went to full sale it was so many people that were driven and so many different sounds and you had cats from maryland cats from new york cats from the south texas cats from new orleans like it was so many different people at full sale making music that were good in their own right and that made me step my game up and want to get better I'm quitting this job from the day y'all hired me. I be talking shit, I don't give a fuck. I can't wait till the day y'all find me. I'm a grown man, stop talking loud. What the fuck y'all talking about? Fuck two weeks, it's been too long. God damn it, I'm walking out. So don't complain on my last day. If I done told some shit up, how I felt this morning. Y'all lucky I ain't blow this bitch up. Shit, go to work in my drawers. You know, me and shout to my brother, Young Sav. And um, my bro uh, Mateen Cleaves and my bro Mike Brinkley, we all, we put in work, you know, we were grinding. I was doing so much music, I was putting out a mixtape like once every two months. So, you know, that got the attention of Exhibit and Exhibit hit me on, uh, on Twitter and he was like, yo, um, you want to go on tour with me? So I was on tour with Exhibit and this was just out of the blue. Like I didn't know Exhibit, we didn't have any prior relationship. It was really just he saw and I think he said his son like was a, a fan of mine, you know, so big shout out to Trey. I go on tour and he was telling me like, yo, anything I could do to help, I'm going to do it. And I, I just kind of took it with a grain of salt because by that point, I had been through so much in this business of people just talking. He called me one day and was just like, yo, I got an idea. I'm going to let Dr. Dre hear your music. And two days later, he called me like, yo, Dre said, can you be in California tomorrow at nine o'clock? It was just a beautiful thing, man. I got to California, and I guess the cool part of the story was we vibed out. Me and Trey immediately just had a chemistry as people. Like, you know what I'm saying? When we talked, we just immediately vibed with each other. We went to his house, and he kept putting on beats, and I rapped and rapped and rapped. I rapped so much that he had to cut the beats off and just was like, man, what you want to do, man? Say what's up to the broke nigga at the rich party. Woo! Who the fuck at this nigga in? Do it look like I give a fuck? Sorry. Yeah. Looking at these houses and they go, nigga, go just trying to get me. Woo! I run game on a bitch in one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah. Flint nigga in the spot till they pop one, then the cops come like, woo. Motherfuckers out a shotgun like a pop gun, then they ready like, yeah. Civic good nigga, I'm a north side nigga till I'm gone. Woo. Do it for the ones in the hood, like kinda gone, put the city on. Wait. Anytime I go to a different city, I make sure I listen to the mu music from artists that are from that city. I, I sincerely hope that when people hear me on records, if they ever ride through Flint, I hope they do the same thing. I hope they play for the love of money. If I may say, I, I think there's a pain in my voice that comes out when I rhyme. I think that it's just from years of seeing Flint go through what we went through. It's girls that I knew in high school that literally is like prostitutes now. It's like dudes that I knew in high school is like in jail for life. Little dudes that I knew when they was kids like are fighting cases and hustling. I'm a people person, I'm a humanitarian, I love people. So with the subject matter that I talk about and my production style, everything has a bit of that hurt, a bit of that pain of Flint in everything that I do. I am the first artist in a long time to get to put Flint on the national platform and make people care about Flint again. And I take, that's a responsibility that I take, I, I take to heart. I'm gonna do everything I can to get the world to care about, you know, not just Flint, but cities like Flint that's going through what we going through. You know, how is it happening that all of these automotive plants are closing and these jobs are gone? How is it possible that all of these elementary schools are boarded up and all of these houses are getting torn down and boarded up? Like it's on me as an 
artist to make people care about what's going on where I'm from. Come on, ride, ride, till the motherfucking wheels fall off of this bitch. What you do for the love? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm never stopping my property. Oh, no. These numbers don't yeah. lie, uh, but your love is superficial. It's the simple shit you need to Each step that I grow, like, I'm gonna take Flint with me. Like, right now, it starts with me saying Flint as much as possible. Then, when I get to a financial space where I can put jobs and opportunities, like, in Flint and start little rec centers and start, like, just uh, art schools for kids, like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I wanna do. That's my bigger mission is to, to give back. You know what I'm saying? Because the next Jay-Z or John Connor or the next somebody is in Flint right now and maybe just don't have an outlet to get it out. And I've seen it. I've seen people who were very talented, their talents get wasted and it's not heard, you know, because they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anything to help motivate them. For me, the, the bigger I get to where I can help people, multiple people, I plan on starting so many foundations and just like giving and donating to anybody and anything that's trying to help kids in Flint because it's so important, you know? Hip hop matters because if it, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but it's the first thing that came to my um, mind is hip hop saves lives. I don't know what I would be doing if it wasn't for hip hop. Think all these people, what would Jay Z be doing if it wasn't for hip hop? What would Eminem be doing if it wasn't for hip hop? Like, I love battle rap. I love like uh, the new era of battle rap, you know, the Hollow the Dons and uh, Daylights and Loaded Lux and Murder Moose. Like, I think of they've created. Hip hop has created a whole nother avenue for people to get money, like and provide for themselves and they, their family. That's a whole, like that's a whole nother genre within the umbrella of hip hop that they're filling venues, they're packing out venues, and that's hip hop, man. It's a culture that's providing a better way, you know what I'm saying, a better lifestyle for people who. Who knows what we would be doing if we was only, you know, if we only had the options of what the environments that we come from was presenting to us. You know what I'm saying? Who knows what John Connor would be doing? So hip hop matters because hip hop saves lives. Hip hop, man, that hip hop saves lives, man. They want me to talk about these fake crimes and these hate crimes. How the fuck I'm supposed to care about overseas when locally everybody in my city and state done. They want to act like it ain't happening. I like I'm just rapping, like I'm gonna watch y'all kill my city and y'all wasn't gonna get a reaction, fuck no! Every time I go visit for Christmas, it seems like it's more houses that's missing. It look like it's more houses that's boarded. Oh, I'm posing, not say shit, but the fact it's poison all in all water. It look like population control, or oh, they don't give a fuck, well that's how I call it, fuck no! My city been fucked up for a long time, but we draw the lines like they been saying fuck us for a long time. More kids go to jail than in colleges, they act like they don't see where the problem is. Shit, if they we resilient, reality is every day we was living like hostages. We